you. Open Come on, keys. Come on, anybody. What's up, Trey?
right now. The whole time we were singing that, God was laying on my heart in Psalms where he says, he's going to inhabit the praises of his people. There are so many times that we can walk through this building wanting to receive, knowing that we need something from God, but not giving all of ourselves up to him. And that's what he asked from us. God's not entitled to give us anything. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. That's all we need. That's all, we're, that's all we need. We should be thankful just for that. But God wants to give us so much more than that in our lives, but so often we're not willing to surrender all of our lives to him. Guys, we have such an awesome opportunity to come in here every single Wednesday to worship God. There are so many places in the world where people don't have the opportunity to lift their hands and sing Jesus' name, thanking him for the sacrifice he made for us. And we take it for granted, myself included, every single week, every single day. But all he asks in order to open the floodgates in our lives and to pour blessing upon blessing upon blessing into us and our families' lives, our region's lives, the entire nation, is for us to surrender ourselves and give everything to him. So I want to go back into this song. And I want you guys to take a humble stance. Get on your knees if you have to. Lift your hands, but don't let this opportunity go by because there's things in your life that you need to give over to God that he wants to take care of. He wants to heal us. He wants to turn those wounds that we have into scars so we can remember what we've been through, where he's taken us. Give him everything and don't leave anything here on the table because he wants to do something tonight in our lives. And all you have to do is give yourself up to him completely. Surrender yourself to God, whatever it is. I want everyone to lift their hands and sing out to God, whatever it is. Vocally express what you want to receive from God tonight. God in this moment. Whatever you came here to receive, you're here for a reason. Ask God for it. 
have the gall, have the gut to ask God for what you want. But remember, he's going to ask for something from you in return. And that's all of you. about that it's because when I was your age and even after that well on into college I didn't take advantage of what God was putting right in front of me and so often especially in today's day and age we take things for granted but the last thing we should ever take for granted is what God is trying to do in our life and this opportunity like I said that we have right here to come here and worship in an amazing place like this with like-minded believers don't ever take that for granted. And I just hope you guys can internalize that and it penetrates your heart. Because all God wants to do is pour blessing out on our life. He gives us new graces and new mercies every single day. Although we continue to deny and we continue to mess up day by day, he still loves us. So let's not take these moments for granted where he's reaching down to us just asking for us to reach back up to him that's all he wants is to have a personal relationship with every single person in this room but we can be so stubborn and so hard-headed sometimes to where we think we can hold things back from God but all that's doing is hindering your relationship with him he's not going to fully reveal himself until you come to the end of your wits and you got nothing left that's when you're going to see God work. That's where you're going to see how majestic, how glorious he really is, what he can truly do, what he's capable of. Just let go. So if everyone wants to bow their heads, we'll pray. Father God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, God. There's nothing we've done to deserve it, God. But you've loved us so much before we were even formed in our mother's wombs, Lord, you knew who we were. You count the hairs on our heads, Lord. You know every single aspect of our life, God, and we thank you for the intimacy that we have with you, God. I just pray right now, God, for humble hearts and for pride to be removed from this building right now, God. And whatever we need to address with you, Lord, let it be addressed tonight, Lord. I pray we have open ears. God, open our hearts. Position us and align us exactly where we need to be, God, to receive what you want us to receive, God. Let every single person here, God, be changed. Speak to us individually, God. You made us all uniquely. Speak to us exactly what we need to hear, God, to become closer to you tonight. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for everything that you're going to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. You guys can head back to your seats. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Slap somebody a high five, a low five. Slap them in the head.
How's everyone doing today? You guys doing all right? You guys enjoying summer? Anyone do anything special? That's good. Anyone see Incredibles yet? Wasn't it so sad when they all died? What? No, I'm just kidding. Where am I? Yeah, they didn't all die, just the important ones. I'm just kidding. Welcome to Emerge. I'm excited to see everybody here. Glad you guys decided to join us today on this fine evening. First thing is first. If it's your first time, can you just raise your hand real quick? We want to recognize you. I see some hands. Can we give a round of applause for our first time guests? We are so excited that you guys are here. So check it out. If it's your first time, right after service, you're going to meet us right over here. It's going to be light over there in a little bit but there's gonna be pizza for you you get it for free if someone brought you they get pizza it's a good time so make sure after service if it's your first time you head over there all right next thing on July 10th we're going to Bush Gardens again so if you have a pass or if you want to get a pass go ahead and do that now we're gonna be there at 10 a.m. at the front gates waiting for whoever shows up if you go there we'll meet you we'll have a good time it's gonna be awesome if you don't it's your fault Sorry, but July 10th, um, in case you're wondering, that's the best ride there. If you disagree, you're wrong. Um, there's no arguing that. So July 10th, if you want to go Bush Gardens, make sure you let one of us know and we'll meet you there, all right? Next thing, the day after that, on July 11th, we're going to have service in here as usual. It's going to be our first Wednesday. So on, four, on the 4th of July, which is a Wednesday, we're not going to have service, all right? So no service on July 4th, but the next Wednesday, we're gonna have our own first Wednesday in here, all right? So you don't, get, you don't have to go next door. We're just gonna meet in here as usual, all right? Easy enough, fair enough, sound good? All right, so if there's any ladies in the house, can you make some noise, please? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Check it out, Sisterhood Conference is coming up September 21st and 22nd. You guys can sign up for that now. It's gonna be an awesome time. Not only that, but Miss Tori Anderson is gonna be speaking at that. So you guys are gonna wanna check that out. So that's everything I got for you. Like I said, we're excited to have you all here. We have a special guest speaker in the house tonight. You know him, you love him, he's crazy, he's wild. He's a teddy bear is none other than Jeremy Shirley. So let's give it up for Pastor Jeremy. I'm sorry, you need a mic? I'll go get you one. Nah, I'm just kidding, you can use mine. Here you go. You want me to hold it for you? I mean, if you want to. Let's give it up for Trey, everybody. Isn't he awesome? He's wild, he's crazy. Go ahead, Burke, I'm sorry, buddy. I wasn't. How's everybody doing tonight? How is everybody doing tonight? Who's glad it's July almost? You're like, seriously, I don't want to go back to school. I, it's going to go by any slower. Oh, man. Who's having a good summer? All one of you. Awesome. Thank you, Nigel. That's the only one I heard. Who's having a good summer? Yeah. Some people uh, went to St. Croix and had a good time. <laughs> Just kidding. Anybody else go to St. Croix at all by chance? Anybody? No? Did you guys connect? Okay. All right, cool. Hey, let's pray before we... Uh, before we begin, God, I just, um, I thank you so much uh, for seasons like summertime, God, where we can rest and unplug and recharge, Lord. And I just pray that every student here tonight, God, just recharges with you for the remainder of their summer, God. That I pray that they'll seek you, God, and they'll get to experience who you really are, Lord. I just pray for tonight, God, that I will step out of the way. 
Lord, that I will be your voice, God. Lord, that I won't portray my own image tonight, God, but I'll just portray your image, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Who's liking this series that we're in, Running the Giants? Anybody? Any lovers out there? Who's liking it, Running with the Giants? All right, Jasmine, you want to know you haven't been here, okay? Just embarrass people. All right, so everybody, okay, so here's our logo that we got, Running with the Giants. Let's pull up that scripture that we've been studying and going through. All right, it says, scripture, 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 Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with the endurance, the race that God has set before us. So let's just recap a little bit what that scripture is saying. All right, this scripture is defining life as a race. You guys remember my story about me running a race? You guys remember what my nickname was a couple weeks ago? Hurley, Shirley. Yeah, I was vulnerable. I was transparent with you guys, and I regret it every single day for the Hurls, McShurls. Okay? But remember, we're running, we're running a race. Okay? And the, the Scripture says that there are those that have ran before us, and they are in the stands watching us. So what we're doing with this series is we're asking ourselves, what would these heroes of faith do. So remember we talked about Abraham. Who remembers Abraham from a couple weeks ago? Yep, all two of you. Who remembers Abraham? Okay, I hope you guys remember Abraham because I was up there preaching my heart out about Abraham, so you guys better have listened to Abraham, but we'll recap it anyway. All right, so remember Abraham was given a promise that he was going to be a, a man of many generations. Many generations. I skipped out at the wrong time. Uh, man of many generations and many children, and he had to wait for his son for 25 years his son Isaac. You guys with me? You guys remember that? All right, so he waited for that promise of God, but God had to test him, and God had to bring him to the point to where he had to sacrifice his son or potentially sacrifice his son, and God provided a sacrifice for him instead of his son, and that was an example for us so that we would know what Jesus was going to do because God was going to send his son, Jesus, to be sacrificed so we can be reunited with God. All right, the second one, you guys remember last week for Pastor Cole with a um, recap of Jacob. Let's give it up for Pastor Cole. He did awesome last week. That was amazing. And I got to follow in his footsteps, so please pray for me right now. Okay, so Jacob, remember Jacob had a very messed up situation. You guys remember what his name meant? Jacob was, you guys remember? Trickster. Yep, he was a tricky guy, okay? All right, so his whole life he was tricking so he tricked his brother Esau and his father uh, Isaac to get the birthright, which would be he would get everything after Isaac died. Uh, and then uh, Jacob uh, tricked everybody and everybody got mad. His brother Esau was going to kill him. So Jacob had to flee. All right. So he fled and he ended up working for his father-in-law, his future father-in-law named Laman. All right. Look to your person to your right and say Laman. All right. He was lame. Okay. As we find out in, later on in the story. All right, so, so Jacob worked for Laman so he could marry Laman's daughter, which was Rebecca. All right, everybody say, aw, when I say Rebecca. Rebecca. Okay, thank you guys. You guys are participating so well. This is great. Okay, so Rebecca was the love. Wow, some of you guys were here Sunday. Uh, Rebecca was the love of Jacob's life. Jacob just adored Rebecca, so he worked seven years for her, and then Laman pulled a Jacob, and he tricked Jacob on his honeymoon night. 
what he did is he snuck in Rebecca's older sister, Leah. So Jacob actually ended up marrying Leah instead of Rebecca. So the trick, oh, thank you. The trick was played on Jacob. All right, you guys with me? Okay, so here's what happens to Jacob later on. Jacob ends up having many sons. In fact, he has 10 sons, all from three different wives. Okay? And they're all living together as one happy family. They were not happy. These, these guys were pretty messed up, and we're going to read about them here in just a second. Okay? But Rebecca, Rebecca, you can say aw. Rebecca, okay? Rebecca did not have a child yet. Okay? But something very powerful had to change in Jacob's life. And as we, as Pastor Cole talked about, Jacob was given a new name. He wrestled with God all throughout the night, and he said, I will not let go until you bless me. And God said, all right, I will bless you. Your name is no longer Jacob, trickster. Your name is now Israel, one who wrestles with God, one who dwells with God. So Jacob's life completely changed, and then Joseph arrives on the scene. And that's who we're going to talk about tonight is Joseph. So look to the person to your left and say, He's going to talk about Joseph. Awesome. I'm glad you guys are engaged. Okay, so Rebecca's very first child was Joseph, and Joseph was Mr. Wonderboy, right? He was like the Justin Bieber. Is that a good analogy, Justin Biebs? For the record, I just want to say something about Justin Biebs. Adelina, Adelina, raise your hand and embarrass yourself real quick. All right, she's right over there. Adelina goes, your hair looks like Justin Bieber's hair. I don't know if that was a compliment or if that was like a dig, but I'm just, you know what, because I'm positive, I'm going to take it as a compliment. Thank you for the compliment, Biebs. But anyway, Joseph is a stud, all right? Now remember, he's got 10 other brothers, right? All from three different moms, all right? And if he's the stud and if he's the promised child, how do you think his other brothers treat him? They're jealous. They're extremely jealous, so before we dive into the scripture, I want to tell you, here's the big idea tonight. All right, let's pull up that big idea. And this is what Joseph would say to us. Joseph would say, for when life doesn't turn out the way you plan, don't give up on your dreams. How many of you guys have dreams and ambitions in your life? Raise your hand if you got a dream. Everybody's got a dream. All right, we all got dreams in what we're doing. Jacob would say, don't give up on your dream, even if it changes differently. So we're going to dive into this story. You guys with me? All right, that was a lot to recap here. I was, I'm sorry. All right, so let's pull up that scripture. Genesis 37, verse 5. Let's read this together, all right? One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more than ever. And they said, and he said to them, he said, listen to this dream. We were out on the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up. And your bundles are all gathered around mine and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about him. So his brothers went from jealous to hatred. How many of you guys have ever been on the receiving side of somebody hating you? Yeah? Doesn't it suck? Let's just be real, right? Now you're like, no, that's well, you probably didn't care about that person or, you know, we'll pray for you. All right, but no, for, for real, okay? They absolutely 
hated him. Now, let's be honest here. Joseph necessarily, he didn't, he didn't have the right tact, right? He's like, hey, I know you guys are jealous of me, uh, but BT Dubs, I'm going to rule over you because I just had a dream. Right? They're not, they're going to be like, okay, uh, we hate you, right? So let's read on just a little bit further and let's find out what happens. All right, let's pick up at verse 18. It says, uh, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him at a distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. They said, here comes a dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns. And we can tell our father a wild animal was eaten, or eaten him. And then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So they planned to kill him. So I think the very first thing that Joseph would say to us, the very first point tonight, if he came down from the stands of heaven watching us, he would say this one, don't give up on your dream, even if it doesn't start so well. Can we relate to that for a second? Right, so we have a dream, and it gets a little bit rough right when you start to do it. So let's just, let's just get even more real. Let me, let me throw these examples out, all right? Let's just say you, um, one day you had this amazing friend, your absolute best friend that you had in your life. All of a sudden, your relationship started to change because that friend got a little bit jealous of you. Maybe jealous of that you were maybe uh, becoming more, you know, developing more than them. Maybe you're smarter than them. Maybe you got a better grade than them. Maybe you uh, uh, picked up the boy or girl that they wanted, right? Your friend, you guys can relate to me a little bit? You're like, seriously, you are so lame. <laughs> what are you doing? All right, but for real, let's relate to that, okay? And then all of a sudden, your relationship with that person completely changed, right? You with me? Or how about this, okay? How about you woke up one day, and you were the star athlete, or you were on the way to be signed on to an awesome school to be the star athlete there, and then something out of nowhere happened, and you had an injury or you had an accident, and you never played the same ever again. Or, or let's say this. Let's say that your life was going a certain way, and you had your family, your mom and dad, your entire life, and then one day you woke up, and your mom and dad decided that they didn't want to be together anymore. And your whole world turned upside down. Or better yet, let's say this. Let's say that you were going into high school and, and you were doing very, very well, and then all of a sudden mom and dad said, hey, we're not staying here any longer. We're moving. Right? Guys, life changes, and it changes quickly. So what Joseph would say, just to recap, don't give up on your dreams, even if it didn't start so well. You see, some of us are so plagued about our past that we don't see the potential that God has for our future. Let me say that one more time. Some of us are so plagued about our past that we don't see the potential that God has for our future. You see, we're driving. Who drives in here? Who has your car? Who drives? Okay. You're driving down life, and you're so plagued about your past, you're staring in the rearview mirror, and you're not seeing what goes on ahead. You're so stuck in what happens. Don't give up on your dreams, even if they don't start out right. The second point, don't give up on your dreams, even if those closest to you don't support you. Do you have somebody in your life that uh, you can talk to and you're like, hey, you know what, I really want to go to, uh, I really want to go to UF. I really want to get into UF, go Gators, they're awesome. Or I really want to, um, you know, I really want to learn guitar, Right? Or I want to learn drums like our boy Esteban back here. Okay? Let's give it up for Esteban. He's amazing. Yeah. 
Esteban's the man. All right? But, okay, but let's just, all right, let's just say you, you want to do that, and you've got that friend in your life that's like, dude, you're not ever going to do that. That's never going to happen. There's no way. And they give you a list of reasons of why you couldn't fulfill your dream. Doesn't it suck? But don't we all have people like that in our lives? Right? Joseph would say to us, even if those closest to you don't support you, don't give up on your dreams. Okay, I have a dream. I'm just being real. Who plays Fortnite? Girls, ladies, who plays Fortnite? Let's be honest. Okay, all right. I so bad just want to win one game of Fortnite. You guys have no idea how bad I want to win. And every single time that I get close, which, by the way, the closest I've gotten is like 15th place, so it's not really that close. But every single time I get there, I've got all those people in my lives. I won't name any names. Won't name any names, but all those people in my life are like, dude, you're never going to win. And I just get more angry and fired up about winning Fortnite. Can you guys relate to people like that? No, my friends are absolutely perfect. You're lying, all right? All of us. All of us have people like that in our lives. So let's continue the story of Joseph, all right? Here we go. So Joseph was seeing his brothers. He went to meet them. They decided to kill him, so they threw him into a well. They threw him into a well, and then what they did is they took his, his coat that his father gave him, they ripped it, they dipped it in animal's blood, and they gave it to their father and said, hey, your boy Joseph's dead, I'm sorry. And then they took Joseph and they sold him into slavery. His brothers did that. So Joseph gets sold into slavery, and then he winds up in Egypt. And God goes before him. He winds up into Potiphar's house. Look to your person on your right and say, Potiphar. Look to your person on your right and say, Potiphar. You guys got to be with me here a little bit, okay? He winds up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is the second most powerful man in Egypt. And Joseph winds up in his house. And then because God is with Joseph, Potiphar and Joseph together become more and more successful. God multiplies Potiphar's resources because of Joseph. And Joseph gets elevated more and more and more. And eventually Potiphar said, listen, I don't want anything to do with my house. I don't want anything to do with my finances. I want you to just take care of everything because you're doing such an awesome job. Okay, now here's what happens. It starts to change, remember? Things change. All right. Potiphar's wife starts looking at Joseph a little bit different. Right? She's like, this guy's a young stud. Potiphar, he is hot, and you are not. Right? And so she starts to change a little bit. She says, you know what? I don't want Potiphar anymore. I want Joseph. So she comes on to Joseph, just goes right after him and says, come on. You and me, we got to hang out, all right? And they do that hangout thing that people do. And, uh, and so uh, they hang out, and um, um, just kidding, they don't hang out. Joseph says, no, I cannot do that to my master Potiphar. And she says, well, you need to anyway. And she keeps coming after him. He keeps saying, no, no, no. And finally she corners him, and she rips his cloak off, and he runs. He gets out of there. He's like, I'm not having any part of this. Well, because she was so persistent, she knew that she was going to get caught so she decided to turn it onto Joseph. And she decided to turn him in and say, look, Potiphar, look, your number one guy just came after me. And Joseph was put into jail. 
and everything changed again. And Joseph winded up back up at square one. So the third thing he would say to us is this. Don't give up on your dreams, even if your journey is full of surprises. So I can see Joseph sitting in prison and saying, you know what, God? Things were just starting to get better. My life was starting to get better. You were blessing me. You were blessing me. And now I'm sitting in jail because I did the right thing. Could you imagine how he felt? How would you feel? So let's pull up the scripture, Romans 8, 28. We're going to read the first three verses together. All right, the first three words are, and we know. Let's sing that together. One, two, three. And we know. Say it again. One, two, three. And we know. Say it again. One, two, three. And we know. Do you know? Do you know this? And we know that, that God causes everything to work together for good to those that love him. See, something started to change in Joseph in that jail cell. Joseph started to remember his great-grandfather's story, Abraham, and knew that the story wasn't over yet. Then he started to remember his grandfather, Isaac, that the story isn't over yet. Then he started to remember his dad's Jacob story, that it's not over yet. And guys, the story is not over yet. Let's finish it. So Joseph is in prison, and God still makes him successful. In fact, he becomes the head guard over all of prison while he's still in prison. That's how successful this guy was, no matter where he went. And a situation happened to where uh, Pharaoh sentenced one of his cupbearers into the prison, and Joseph, um, Joseph translated a dream for that cupbearer, and it became true. So when Joseph was in there with a the cupbearer, he said, hey, don't forget about me. Tell Pharaoh about my gift. And he said, no problem, I will. And guess what he did? He forgot. So Joseph had to wait longer and longer. And finally, Pharaoh was given a dream. And it wasn't just like one dream, right, it w that just happened one time and he just forgot. He kept on having it every single night consistently and consistently. And it just troubled him, and it troubled him. And then finally the cupbearer remembered and said, hey, I know this guy. He's in prison, by the way, um, and he can translate your dream for you. He's like, well, bring him in. So he brings Joseph in after being in prison for two years. And uh, Pharaoh says to him, hey, your friend here, the cupbearer, says that you can translate dreams. And this is what Joseph said. He says, translating dreams is not for somebody with human power. Only translating dreams can come from God. And he said, now tell me your dream. So he put his power into God. And Pharaoh told him his dream, and it was the same dream every single night, like I said. And what, what happened was is that he would dream, would dream about the Nile River. Who's been to, who knows about Egypt? You guys studied Egypt? Raise your hand. Everybody studied Egypt, right? You guys know Egypt and the Nile River? Okay, cool. You guys know who Pharaoh is, right? I'm not speaking like, you know, Egyptian to you here? Huh? But um, shh. Okay. So Pharaoh is the king. So he had a dream that seven cows would come out of the Nile River, and they were then consumed by seven cows that were really unhealthy. And then he followed by another dream that basically said the same thing. And Joseph said to him, Pharaoh, God is trying to tell you what's going to happen in the future. There is about to be a very serious famine. You're going to have seven years 
of amazing plenty, followed by seven years of mass famine destruction, and it's going to be very, very bad. And if I was you, I would take all the plenty from those seven years, and I'd store them away to help save for the seven years that are bad so everybody doesn't starve to death. So, so Pharaoh and his all advisors sat around and said, this is a great idea. Who should we have do it? And they had the brilliant idea. Let's have Joseph do it. So Joseph was then promoted to the number two man in all of Egypt. He went from zero to hero just because God showed up one time to help him translate a dream. And then something happened. The seven years of plenty happened. There was plenty, plenty of food. And then two years into the famine when it started getting really bad, his brothers needed food because the famine was so bad. Where do you think they ended up at? Where do you think they ended up at? Egypt. So Joseph was then faced with the most powerful confrontation he ever had to do in his life. Joseph had to confront his brothers. And he had to choose if he was going to get vengeance, because he could, because he was the second most powerful person in Egypt, or if he was going to forgive. And if you read the scripture, I encourage you guys to read Genesis chapter 46. Joseph literally, when he sees his brothers, he is a hot mess. He is going from one extreme to the other. He's one minute throwing them in the jail. Three days later, he's changing his mind and taking them out. Then he's coming up with a plan to get them and catch them as spies. And then he's throwing them back into jail. And then he's just all over the place because he can't decide what he's going to do. And finally, he makes a decision that he's going to do something. He's going to forgive. So he brings his brothers in, and he starts weeping frantically. And they're like, what is going on here? Why is this Egyptian guy that's really powerful crying with all of us in the room? And then he says to him, he says, I'm your brother Joseph. And they are speechless. They thought he was killed. Something happened to him. Check out this verse. Genesis 45 verse 4 says, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Joseph chose to see the big picture in his life. He chose the ending of his story, not what his circumstances were or what he had been through. He chose to forgive. So if Joseph was going back up into the stands, there are two things I think he would say to us. The very first thing he would say is, focus what happens in you, not to you. Let me say that one more time. Focus what happens in you, not to you. I'm going to give you a hint, right? When you're going into that rough season where things change and things are very rough, we often make the mistake praying, God, take this away from me and let it pass. But try this next time. How about we start praying, God, Help me learn what you want me to learn during this season, and I guarantee you it's going to go by a lot quicker. God is doing this because he wants to change something in us. There's a scripture in Peter, 1 Peter verse 6 says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, 
though your faith is mo far more precious than mere gold. You see, gold, all right, I've got a ring finger that my wife gave me for a commitment. This is a uh, white gold, all right, and gold has impurities before it is put into something like this in this ring, and what they do is they get it really, really hot, and they melt it. They melt it down to where it's boiling, and all the impurities, all the impurities get put to the surface of where the bowl is that they put that, put that gold at. You see, what God is trying to say here, what Peter is trying to say here, is that when you're put through the fire, the good stuff comes out, and the bad stuff floats to the top. So, Russell, pull up this, uh, pull up this chart real quick that I just put together. We're going to get engaged here for a little bit. All right? I'm going to come down here with you guys. All right, I need you guys to try something. I want everybody to say boo like you really mean it. Like when something's very terrible, everybody say boo. All right, now when something's really awesome, say yay. All right, you guys can clap and cheer, yay. All right, good. All right, Russell, pull up that chart with the uh, seven different things that Joseph just went through. All right, so when it's bad, I want you to say boo, okay? When it's awesome, I want you to say yay, okay? So very first thing, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. Okay. He was sold into slavery. He became head of the household. Yay, okay, yeah. He was seduced by his master's wife but fled. Some of you guys are questioning which one that is right there, okay? Chris, I saw that, by the way, bro. You're like, uh, yeah, uh, no, um. Pastor Trent saw you back there. He's got eyes everywhere, bro. You're done. Nice knowing you. All right, he was seduced by his master, so that's boo. All right, then he was thrown into jail. All right, then he became master of the jail. Yay. Kind of still a little weird, but yeah, okay, okay. This is the best, okay. Then he had more time in jail. And then he became second in command of Egypt. All right, that's awesome. Guys, let me tell you something really serious here. You know why so many people struggle with identity? You know why so many people struggle with suicide? You know why so many people struggle with life and continuing on? Because they're, they're looking at all the boos in their life. And they're thinking that their life is over because you had a boo moment. But they're not seeing the big picture. You're not seeing the end of your story. God wants to take those moments in your life, and he wants to change something in you. Don't focus on the things that happen to you. Focus what God's doing inside of you. James chapter 1, the very first scripture that James says this, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that your testing of faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature, be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking anything. So when you go through these times, God wants to make sure that you're good and ready, that you're not lacking anything. Focus what happens in you, not to you. And here's the last thing he would say to you. Your response to offense determines your future. Whether or not you are going to choose to forgive or not. 
So here's the last thing that Joseph says to his brothers, Genesis 50, verse 19. He says, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I can save the lives of many people. You see, Joseph realized that even though their brother's treachery was so deep and so vile and so hurting, he knew that he had to go through it for the end result to happen. So, if I took you back to my life about 12 years ago, So I was a, um, a freshman at Liberty University, and, and I, I knew that I was called to ministry pretty much my entire life since I was a young boy. And God kept reminding me and reminding me, and then something happened. I interned that summer at the church that my dad was a senior pastor of, and the uh, worship pastor, uh, for some reason, I don't, I don't understand why. I'm, I'm not very good at, to be honest with you, I'm not very good at singing. Uh, but I knew that I was called to some type of ministry, and I always loved music, so I thought that was the direction I was going to go. But the the youth pa- or the music pastor started to get a little bit jealous of me, and he completely went out of his way to make me miserable. I mean, by the end of that summer interning, it was so bad I decided to change schools and drop out of ministry for good. I was so hurt. I remember sitting in the office telling my dad who I love. I've always had an amazing relationship with my earthly father. He's outstanding. And I remember sitting in his office and saying to him, I said, Dad, this guy is destroying me, and he's destroying you. See, let me tell you something about people in the church and leaders in the church. We're people. We're still human beings. We still make mistakes. Side note, don't follow a person, follow a God. Follow your God. That was my first mistake, is I was following a person. I was not following my God. And I became so broken and so hurt by this guy. And then eventually my dad became so hurt and so broken with this guy because he basically tried to to split everything that God had done in the ministry and just destroy it. And I remember... uh, watching my dad, who I really loved very much, just get destroyed every single day. He lost like 50 pounds. He was extremely unhealthy. He was really stressed. And I became bitter. I became bitter towards this guy because for some reason he was jealous of me. And that didn't make any sense. And I chose to hold on to that offense. And I carried it pretty much all the way up to about a year and a half, two years ago when God delivered me. Guys, I focused what was happening to me. I didn't focus what God was trying to change in me. You see, God was trying to change something inside me, and that was pride. God redeems everything, and things have been so much better, and and, and God's really changed my heart. He's turned it around and changed it completely. But guess what I had to do? I had to forgive. I had to forgive some very deep wounds. 
And listen, I guarantee you that almost every single person here tonight is holding on to unforgiveness. You're holding on to it. Joseph chose not to hold on to it. He chose to forgive and see the big picture in his life. Jesus says this, and this is very troubling. He says, he says, if your friends offended you, forgive him. And he said, if you forgive your friend, your heavenly father is going to forgive you. But if you don't forgive your friend or those who have offended you, your heavenly father is not going to forgive you. And guys, that is why bitterness destroys so many people's lives. That's why it almost destroyed mine. And I'm telling you guys something. Every single one of us are going to have to stand before God one day and take account for what you did in your life, whether you choose to forgive or not. And guys, I'm going to have to stand before God one day, and I'm going to have to explain why I chose to not go into ministry when I was called right away and why I held on to all that bitterness and unforgiveness for 10 years of my life. And I'm telling you guys, don't hold on to it. God wants to change something in you. But you got to forgive. And you got to see the big picture in your life because the story isn't over yet. I want everybody to bow their head, please, and close their eyes. So, there's a lot of you here tonight that have hold on to bitterness or resentment, maybe towards your parents, maybe towards a, a, a former best friend of yours, maybe towards a, a boyfriend of yours, an ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend. done that, if that's you, I want, well, first of all, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to release. We're going to release that. So everybody repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I choose to forgive. I choose to let go of any offense that I have to anybody that's wronged me. Please forgive me. If you're that person where you're holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness, all right, nobody's looking around, everybody's eyes are closed, I just want you to raise your hand as a proclamation to yourself and to God that yes, Pastor Jeremy, this is real. I need help and forgiveness. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. I'm not gonna embarrass you, nobody's looking. Guys, Jesus says, if you do not forgive others that have wronged you, you will not be forgiven. Guys, God loves you. Maybe there's some of you there tonight that you've never actually made this decision in your life to, to trust Jesus as your Savior, to give him over your life. We're going to pray all together here in just a second. But I want to tell you that God wants to take your life, and he wants to make and mold you into him and he wants to bless you and he wants to love on you and he wants to take all the brokenness and all those seasons and completely change them around and change you around. So let's pray this prayer together, every voice right now. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, 
on this day, I choose you. I give you my life. I repent for my sins. I confess that you are Lord. And you died on the cross. And you rose again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just did that for the first time, I just want you again to just raise your hand so we can, so you can come claim that to God and also to yourself. So everybody's eyes are closed. They're bound on a count of three. If you did that for the first time right now, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. All right, why don't you guys stand up? We're going to come here and we're going to sing a new song together. Stand up. We're going to worship together.
we'll sing it out. Jeremy was preaching and teaching today, one of the things that he said really stuck out to me, and it was that our response to offense determines our future. Our response to offense, when someone does us wrong, it determines what will happen in our future. I kept hearing that over and over in my head, and I hope some of you did too. And it reminded me of my little niece. And see, I hope you can understand why in a second, but I was thinking about playing with our little niece. She's a little peanut, little girl, hanging out with her. You see, my sister and I, we didn't always get along. You see, we, we would fight a lot, and that was normal. Anybody have a sibling in here can testify. But you see, when I was in high school, it began to get worse and worse and worse, and I began to build up this hate towards my sister. I didn't want anything to do with her. I didn't want to talk to her. I didn't want to see her. I didn't want to be around her. Your response to offense determines your future your response. So I remember we got to a point where we, we wouldn't make eye contact for about three weeks. Didn't say anything. We had a huge fight and it was like, I'm done. I'm over it. But God led us to forgive one another. And now I get to play with our little niece and hang out with her. And it's beautiful. But imagine what would have happened if I would have held on to that offense and you said, no, you know what? She doesn't deserve my forgiveness. She doesn't deserve my love. I'm not going to do this. My future would look a lot different. And so I want to encourage you. Many of you are probably holding on to an offense right now. Maybe you're holding on to unforgiveness. Maybe you're saying it wasn't my fault. Somebody did this to me. And I believe that God might be telling you right now, give it to me. Forgive them. Forgive them. Because your future is at stake. Your future is at stake. Can we bow our heads? I actually want you to think of who it is 
what it is that you need to forgive. I want you to go there. And I want you to out loud, I want you to say, I forgive so-and-so. On three, we're going to say that. Think of the person, think of the thing. One, two, three. I forgive. Say it again. I forgive. Lord, we give you our offenses. God, we give you our hurts. Lord, we trust in you. As our heavenly Father, we trust in you. And God, we ask that you would take all offense, all hurt, all pain from us so we can experience the future that you've called us to walk in. So we can experience all the great things that you have in store for our lives. God, I thank you for each student that's here tonight. I ask that you would begin to change us from the inside out. song tonight and during this time I still want to end yet there's there's people in here that need prayer there's people in here that need to give some things to God they need to let go of some things they need to forgive some people and so as we go into another song I want to encourage you there's leaders all around the room a lot of them have a red shirt on an ask me shirt and I want you to go to them. Maybe you're struggling with forgiving somebody and just talk to them. They want to talk to you. They want to show you the love of God. They want to listen. And so as we go into this next song, can we begin to spread out the room? Can we begin to go receive prayer? Don't leave tonight without receiving from God all that he has for you. All right, let's begin to worship. Worship.